Welcome back to another episode of the Vet Joint Podcast. Today in the building, the virtual building, we got with us a veteran, patriot, CEO, founder, all of that. We got Sergeant Camry Coleman with us here in the building. Sun's out, guns out. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, so today uh, you're here to talk with us about uh, your time in in and out of the army. Um, so uh, let's get to it. So uh, for starters, um, let's talk about um, your time. Uh, I'm sorry. I've, again, I already started doing it. Um, talk about your time in the army. Uh, why did you join the army and what did you know going in? All right. So, um, Sergeant Cameron Coleman here. Um, I'm originally from Virginia, uh, but I have been to so many different states through the military, um, and a few different countries. So I actually grew up in a military family. Um, my, both my parents are prior service and, you know, five uncles are in the army, two were in the Navy. So okay. we had a pretty diverse family, milli, 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 military oriented um, family for sure. And so when I graduated high school, you know, my parents wanted me to go to college. They're like, you know, if you don't have to join, you shouldn't, you know, you don't have to join, so you shouldn't. We want you to get your education, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so I decided to join the reserves. So after my freshman year of college, I joined the reserves, um, mainly because I wanted my civilian life, but I also wanted to serve my country because that's kind of what I grew up in. Mm -hmm. um, and so I thought the reserves was perfect for me. You know, I wasn't necessarily ready to commit full time. So, yep, joined the reserves in 2012. Um, and my first, where I went to basic training was Fort Sill, Oklahoma. Okay. All right. All right, so you uh you definitely have that that military lineage, that military history. Um, in in your opinion, um, seeing that you you know you have that military his that history heritage, and you're in the military yourself, um, what does a patriot mean to you? Or when you hear the term patriot, uh, what does that mean to you? So the term patriotic, um, to me means that one is one you know, stands by their country. Mm -hmm. um, they support their country and I'm not going to say all aspects, but in the majority of aspects, so like the legal system, laws, mm -hmm. regulations, policy, you know what I mean? All that good stuff. Right. Um, and someone who is firm in their belief in their country. Right. And, you know, I ask that because um, th just to be straight up honest with you, I don't, that's not a question I see a lot of, I, I don't, that's not a question I see, see asked um, to, uh, towards a lot of black women. Usually, you know, it's the men, it's the guys who are deployed, it's, you know, the 
the, the super special of Gucci. You know, I got all this right. other stuff. So you know, I wanted, I, I definitely wanted to hear what you, what your ideas, are, you know, how how you feel when it when it comes to that. Well, all right, yeah. Um, so. So talk uh, talk to me a little bit about uh, the BMT experience. What was it like for you? Um, how long was it? Um, uh, talk talk to me about that. Okay, so basic training um, for me was fun. <laughs> it okay. was fun. Like I said, I grew up in a military. Um, I grew up in a military household, so there was nothing that you know when I went, there was nothing that the drill sergeants could say to me or do to me to break me in a sense. Um, I was very, I, I knew my value, I knew my worth. Um, and so I think, you know, in basic training, the initial aspect of it is to really break down the old you and bring you back up as a U.S. Army soldier, meaning, you know, living the same ethos, um, living by the warrior ethos, the military values, um, and things like that. However, comma, I already was firm in who I was. And so, you know, when the drill sergeants would like yell at me or try to shark attack or, you know, break you down to the mm -hmm. core, I definitely think it, I, I almost thought it was comical. Um, I thought the physical aspect of basic training was fun. You know, all of the, um, the actual courses that they had us go through. I thought those were fun. I, I love a challenge. I grew up in sports in high school and college. Mm -hmm. And so I was physical. So that really wasn't an issue for me. Um, and yeah, basic training was fun. Um, it was about 10 weeks long. I want to say I give or take mind you I have horrible memory claiming <laughs> it on the VA, but <laughs> look, claiming that on the VA, All right. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so it was a uh, basic training. I think it's either eight or 10 weeks. I can't fully remember. Mm -hmm. Um, but when I went, I actually went over holiday block leave. And so that essentially means that I went closer to Thanksgiving, and so, you know, there's holidays, so there's Christmas, New Year's, uh, where, you know, those are considered federal holidays, mm -hmm. so for a lot of people, they give you leave, so during basic training, I had the option to fly home, really? or I had the option to, yeah, mm-hmm. Never heard of that before. Yep. Yeah, so right. I had the option to fly home, or I had the option to stay, and they put us in, like, completely different barracks. I think it was, like, maybe a week um, that mm -hmm. we were not in training but it, they did like fun stuff so they took us to like an okc hockey game and they took us to um amusement parks and, and actually i was in the newspaper oh wow <laughs> i just found the article yeah me and my um battle buddy at the time her name is canvey but we were um in the newspaper during holiday block leave and they're like you know how's the military treating the soldiers over this christmas holiday and blah blah, blah. so yeah basic training for me was a lot of fun Okay, that's uh, that's that's really cool. Um, I didn't even know that that wasn't even an option. That wasn't even an option. Um, so during BMT, um, was there any time where you where you had like a introspective, you know, time to look at yourself and you were like, man, I can't do this. Was there any ever doubt in your mind at any point, um, during basic or, or the whole the whole time you was like, yeah, I'm got this, I'm good. Yeah. So for me, I definitely felt like. I got this. I'm good. I mm -hmm. was actually expecting it to be a little bit more challenging than it was. Um, and I guess the only challenges that I personally faced in basic training, I would say, is more so um, just being in Kentucky, <laughs> you know. So I didn't um, right. actually like personally experience direct racism, but just kind of being in the arena where um, people were not 
as cultured and so you know witnessing yes um, absolutely and i definitely noticed that more so on the holiday block leave Mm. you know in the airports to and from training um just little incidents you know it it wasn't direct racism however i I definitely think there's absolutely and and you you and other soldiers you know well i realize i'll speak for myself i realize that you know when we start we start comparing notes like hey Somebody said that to you too. Like, oh shit! Yeah. Like, you know, and y'all start comparing <laughs> us. You're like, oh shit. Well, I guess it ain't just a one-off, you know? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. All right. Um. So also, BMT. Uh, any um any um any shenanigans um take place during that time? Air Force. Um. I know we 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 kept it kind of light. Um. It's very very structured. Not a lot of places you can go. You got cameras on you. Um. A lot of the times. What about the army? So I don't want to speak for all army. Okay. I can only speak from my experience in your eyes. Yes. From my experience and basic training, definitely there were a lot of shenanigans going on. It was like club church every Sunday. G14 classified. (laughs) Yes. Every Sunday you went to church um, to pass your little love notes. It was like club church, like, oh, you going to church this Sunday? Yeah, me too. You know, I, I don't know if people really went for the word or just to kind of be social and socialize and, you know, talk to other people that may not have been in their company. Um, I know a few people in basic training were hooking up. Um, people were hooking up in the bays. Uh, we didn't have cameras everywhere. We kind of had cameras in the drill halls, but obviously there's no cameras in the sleeping quarters. Um, and, you know, just like, kids do right you give them an inch they take a mile so i went to basic training pretty young a lot of the people in my class were young right so i would say you know it was the military basically basic training was like you know uh, college unhanged <laughs> you know I mean? military like, sleepover <laughs> yes basically so people just kind of you know wild out a little bit but but not too much you know I, right. I, there were restrictions but where they could sneak in the laundry room and do little you know, tickle, tickle, whatever pickle they had going on. <laughs> tickle, fickle. It was definitely oh, happening. <laughs> uh, I'm the, I don't know why I'm so giggly about this topic. <laughs> you know, I guess, I guess, you know, um, until I talked to you at no point did I, did it even cross my mind that, you know, I guess, uh, you know, the ladies will be doing something else. Cause in my head, I'm like, yo, it's basic training. I'm, I'm scared shitless 24 seven that I'm gonna get hands in my face or something, you know, not, all right, yeah. well, you know, so now now I'm rethinking the whole, you know, basic training experience, you know, um, on the other side. I'm like, all right, well, what's really going on? Right, exactly. And also consider the fact that just because you were well-behaved and doing the right thing right. doesn't mean that, you know, other people who were with you were on that same track. Yeah, so. and, well, shit, now I'm thinking about the dudes in, you know, in my bay. Like, okay, well, yes. I was doing what I was supposed to do. What about, you know, the fellas next door, you know? Um, right. I don't know. I'm oblivious, some, uh, obviously, when it comes to this uh, this stuff. So um, appreciate the insight. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, so you are. Uh, um, you know, you tra- you transition from um, BMT to uh, your AIT. You are a 68Q pharmacy tech. Yeah, yes. I got that right. Okay, cool. Yes. Um, just talk talk about that 2020, what, eight, 26 week experience. Um, and what did that, yes. what was that like for you? 
Okay, so um, yes, the pharmacy uh, specialist, they've changed the title now in quotations. The pharmacy specialist at MOS in the Army is um, Six Day Quebec. And the course is about um, 28 weeks, so six months. Um, there's only one phase, you know, a lot of um, MOSs, a lot of medical MOSs have, you know, phase one, phase two, um, but unfortunately for pharmacy, or I would say fortunately, I guess it depends, um, there's only one phase and it's it's six months and you do your clinicals within those six months um, at in San Antonio at um, BAMC. So AIT for me was nice. Um, it was surprisingly more lax than I thought it would be, you know, you're coming out of basic training where you're getting yelled at, fussed at, everything's like on a time strain. There's always a rush, always urgency to get you from point A to point B, and then you get to AIT. And yes, there are drill sergeants, but it really is like college. You know what I mean? I stayed in um, two man dorms. Um, we had, we didn't have a kitchen. So we had our, we both had our own uh, bedroom. We had a little sink outside of the restroom. And then we had, you know, a shower and a toilet. And then Kind of like a hotel, you know how hotels are, some hotels are set up, they have that little like sink area where I guess people could use it as a vanity or whatever. So uh, me and my roommate at the time, I think we had maybe like a little toaster. We had something, you know, right, right. there was a, no air fryer. Was a, no, no, I don't think air fryers were popular <laughs> yeah, well, back I don't then. Yeah, I don't think so, I don't think so, yeah. <laughs> he was like, that's what I want to say. I want to say we had a little toaster, but I, I'm not completely sure. Like I said, my memory is a little shot, but um. I know that we had a comp, we shared a common area. There was a microwave in there. So we could have like snacks. We had a little mini fridge. Um, and it really wasn't bad at all. Um, the, the course, the pharmacy technician course is extremely fast paced. Um, you know, on the civilian side, people do an 18 month program just to get there to go through, um, the course to get their pharmacy certification. And we're doing that in less time. Um, oh, wow learning more information, you know, mm -hmm. especially this course, they teach you not only from a technician level, but also from a pharmacist position, mm -hmm. uh, because you may be deployed or in a deployed environment where you do not have a pharmacist and you are the, the medical personnel that needs to be able to understand what medications work with what, how it works in the mm -hmm. body and things like that. So it's pretty intense. Um, it was fun. Uh, I personally had my, um, my class, I don't remember us completely phasing up. So, you know, when you first get into AIT, well, I don't know if you, I don't know how it was for the Air Force, but at least for the Army, when you first get in, it's like you have to wear a uniform all the time. You have to wear a mm -hmm. PT belt. Different phases. Yeah, 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 we got the same thing. Yeah. You have a patch on the side of your uniform. And so to, to let everybody know that you're, what phase you're in, so you're not doing things you're not supposed to. Um, mm -hmm. And then, you know, as you, progress in the court or progress in the course then you slowly phase up and get more like liberties and freedoms and so um my class was very interesting to say the least <laughs> mm -hmm. but we had a good time actually still keeping contact with some people in my class um it was very diverse we had some reservists some active duty and yeah uh, the, the class was um i had a good class all right uh uh, talk to me about uh, your off time. Um, what was it like for that, you know, that 28 week span, you know, building that camaraderie with your, uh, you know, with your people? Um, 
and then uh yeah yeah talk, talk to me about that because I, I think um you know that that part kind of gets left out when you know uh you got the young young people who are joining the military they don't know that it's not just about you know marching here to here to there 24 sevens you do have a you do you do have a lot of downtime you know um so talk to me about you know what was that like for you um and you know that experience yeah, so my downtime, um, I mostly spent studying. Like I said, pharmacy was a really intense mm -hmm. course. Um, so I, I really, you know, I studied with um, classes that were before me. So maybe people who had already gone through the chapter, two classes above me. And I would study with them like, hey, you know, because people, people kind of really want to pay it forward. Like if you're passing, then they definitely want to help the people who come right. behind them. Um, at least that was the army that. I joined, okay. <laughs> you know, things may be a little bit different now, but um, people were definitely still willing to like help each other versus just being very like self-minded, self-centered about me, about my passing promotion, things like that, very selfish. So right. um, I spent a lot of my time studying. I would definitely say as, as far as camaraderie, um, when you are in basic training, you're kind of forced to be around. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. Oh, sorry. I heard something but um when you are um in basic training you know you're kind of forced to be around different people and actually you don't have to hang around people if you don't want to um right. and so there definitely is a lot more freedom um i would say you really find out you know because everybody's in kumbaya land right like once you finish basic training you're like these are my battle buddies for life we're gonna right, stick right. together you know what I mean? we're gonna slowly. ride for each other Absolutely. And then when you get an AIT and the different MOSs start going to their different trainings and right. active duty starts hanging with active duty and reserves and guard and, you know, everybody just kind of goes in separate ways. You really find out who your really your real and true battle buddies are. Yeah. Um, I, I would say the camaraderie definitely is made in the technician school or I mean, in the AIT yeah, portion, yeah. because that is really where, you know, both of you or your um, battle buddy are learning and you do have the freedom to hang out and be your authentic self in a sense versus you know being a soldier first and and fitting it conforming you know right and you know i think uh i think it's uh it's unfortunate you know that we don't um really get to continue some of these relationships you know and you know it, it's, just, it's just a matter of you know we're, we're required to go different places. But even thinking about the BMT and tech school, it's like, you know, you, you create these bonds you that feel like are really deep, you know, over this six-week or 12-week time time span, or in your case, 28 weeks, right? And then it's like, boom, you're required to go somewhere else, make these new relationships, do it all over again, you know? Um, yeah. I, I think that's definitely one part that don't, it's, you know, it's, and, and you know, no, nobody really cares, but, you know, on a personal level, it's like, damn, I used to be tight with you for them 28 weeks. We was kicking right. it, you know, <laughs> every weekend and we don't even talk no more, you know? So I, uh, yeah. I definitely think, um, you know, having to make friends and kind of keep it moving is definitely, um, you know, it can, it can, um, it, it, it it's, I don't know what the word is. Unfortunate, I guess would be the word. Yeah, I would say the, the situation is definitely unfortunate because, like you said, you do build these bonds and then it just kind of dissipates, you know what I mean? And it's not intentional. It's not, yeah. you know, it, it just happens. Yeah, absolutely. All right. So you you get done with um, uh, AIT. Um, 
what when is the next time you you end back up in on on active duty um and can you talk to me about uh any time that you spend overseas because I, I, I think you mentioned that before if i'm not mistaken okay so um you know as a reservist ending ait was definitely um emotional because you you build these bonds and you have soldiers who are you know you have some personalities they're excited to go to their new duty station some people mm -hmm. are sad to go to their new duty station and as a reservist you go back home to what you came from you know essentially like the only thing that has really changed for you is you have a new skill set hopefully you saved your money mm -hmm. and that gives you a little oh, yeah, you know kickstart yeah so it gives yeah. you a little kickstart headed back to your regular life but you know, for me, my, my intentions were to go back to school. So I did a year at ODU um, immediately after high school. I joined the reserves um, essentially because my parents were like, okay, like freshman year was cute, but you need to figure something out. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I chose the reser reserves and I cho chose my job specifically um, because for me, my pl my initial plan was to go back to college, go back to ODU, Old Dominion University, Monarch Nation. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. But, <laughs> but um, you know, when I actually finished my AIT, that's when they changed it to where you had to be um, out of AIT for a year in order to use your tuitions assistance. And that was like a bomb dropped on me because, oh, yeah, you know, I, absolutely. Like I saved money. And then, you know, at least for reserves, we don't get the post 9-11 GI Bill unless you have a certain amount of active duty time. It's like 36 so months or something, I believe, yeah. It's actually, no, it's, so the post 9-11 GI Bill, yes, the benefits are 36 months, but as a reservist, you actually have to be on active duty orders where you receive a DD-214 in order to even qualify for the post 9-11 oh, GI wow. Bill. So, yeah, so for example, um, I came back from AIT, back to Virginia. Um, my intentions were to go back to college. That's when they changed it. And so I'm like, okay, well, I got to figure it out. So luckily for me, pharmacy, you know, I, I was a certified pharmacy technician and pharmacy paid way more than retail would have on the civilian side. So I worked at a pharmacy um, and went back to ODU, worked at a pharmacy part-time and went back to ODU um, full-time in norfolk virginia and that worked for me until i actually got pulled up on orders so you said you wanted to hear a little mm -hmm. bit about my overseas so i actually got selected to go to germany a year after returning from ait and so nice. although it was bittersweet mm -hmm. um i wasn't even 21 yet <laughs> you know yeah. so I, I wasn't 21 yet i that's a nice flex. only had I can't even, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of hating. I'm not gonna lie. You, <laughs> don't hate, don't you, you hate. get you got to live out the one of the timelines I was planning out in my head when I joined the military. So you know, uh -huh. um, power to you. But I, I'm hating a little bit on the inside. Continue. <laughs> don't be a hater. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I so so in the the grand scheme of things, I'm a firm believer that everything happens how it's supposed to. Mm -hmm. um, but in that moment, I can remember feeling broken i'm like you know i had this plan i stuck to this plan mm -hmm. i waited the year so that i can use my tuition assistance and now i have to go to germany where i know nobody um at the time i had a boyfriend who was in the unit and i'm like okay like i guess it's cool he's deploying too so mm -hmm. i have somebody 
Um, but I almost also feel like that mobilization made me stay in that relationship a little bit longer than I probably would have. So just Germany was definitely an experience for young PFC, you know, under 21 Camry Mm -hmm. Coleman. (laughs) So, um, Overall, um, I was stationed at Landstuhl for a year, um, so that's close to Ramstein in Germany. Okay. I loved being overseas. Like when I came, what once I finished that mobilization, I was trying to figure out how I can get back to Germany. Like right. the job, the job was great. Um, the hospital, you know, the, the people that I worked under definitely like looked out and, and kind of scooped me up and took me under their wing. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, pharmacy, NCOIC, two of them, um, actually, I still keep in communication with, but they definitely just kind of scooped me under their wing, become, became mentors, mm-hmm. um, and really just kind of looked out for me. Uh, it was cheap to travel over there. I went to Spain um, twice. I went to Barcelona. I went to Ibiza. I went to Prague. I went to France. I went to other parts of Germany. Yes, 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 Mm -hmm. yes. Um, So I went to all these different places and got to explore. And like I said, you know, Germany ended up being a blessing in disguise. I saw Mm -hmm. so many things, experienced so many things. um, And it it was almost perfect for me, honestly. Like, I I don't regret it at all. I think choosing to go reserves was better for me. and, you know, I reconnected with some soldiers that I knew from basic training. It was just, it's just, the military is so Germany. small. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. All so right. it was pretty cool. One of my um, battle buddies who I went to basic and AIT with, he was actually stationed in Germany in the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's two years later, you know? Right. And so it was just really cool to reconnect with a, a few people. And yeah, pharmacy, Germany was great. Right. <laughs> what, what was the, uh, what were the, um, the, the German people like, um, what, what was the experience, you know, being a, you know, young, young sister that's in the army, you know, and I'm now in Germany, uh, what was the expectation versus the reality? Okay. So expectation, you know, was very ignorant. I was coming from an ignorant place in a sense. So, mm-hmm. you know, yes, I grew up in the military and I grew up around a lot of diversity, um, different ethnic- ethnicities, races, you know, cultures and things like that. Mm-hmm. However, I just assumed that Germans were just like rude, <laughs> aggressive, you know, because the, the tone in which they speak to someone who is not German sounds yeah. aggressive. Yeah. You know what I mean? It is. Guten Tag. Like, <laughs> all they're saying is good afternoon, but it just yeah. sounds like they're like, you know, like, mm-hmm. they want smoke, like they have a problem. <laughs> and so um, my, you know, expectation was to kind of be on defense. Um, I, I actually thought that there was going to be like a lot of racism, um, that I would experience a lot of racism mm-hmm. uh, in the in the country. And my none of my expectations were met. You know, once I dialed back and understood that this is just the language you know what i mean mm-hmm. it, it, it's not true aggression um i had a time in my life you know i am wow. a very chocolate melanated woman and when i tell you that they love black people they love black men they love black women they just love black right, right. <laughs> um and so i was i i felt very welcomed um i'm also very sociable you know i i enter a place i smile how you doing mm-hmm. good morning you know i try to learn the greetings choose yeah, Guten Morgen. And they just thought right. it was so sweet. They're like, oh, she's trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they'll talk so to you and try to help you formulate the words and, and all of that, right? 
Absolutely. So uh, my experience with, uh, you know, the German economy, you know, outside of the military base was, it was awesome. I, I didn't really experience any, uh, have any negative interactions. Right. You, you know, um, this is not, not the same example, but I realized, um, I, I kind of had the same experience. Um, I was kind of exper- ex- um, expecting the same thing when um, it came to the, uh, the third country nationals um, that kind of work on base when you're deployed. Um, so yeah. in Iraq, you know, the, the guys that work at, you know, the subway, the, right. you know, the, the guys from Nepal, you know, and all these people, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm looking at them sideways, but when you work, yeah. with, you know, working <laughs> them on a gate check and all these different places, these guys, they're super cool. You know, they love, they love the culture. They're like, Hey man, I love, um, I love rap music. And it's like, even though yeah. I get that, you know, they don't really understand us, but it, it's cool. When right. They just want to, you know, they just want to talk to us and get to know us. Um, right. so, so that's, su- that's super cool. And, you know, going back to um, World War Two, you know, there's there's a lot of documentation of, you know, just Europeans in general being really um, uh, nice and gracious when it comes to, you know, the black and brown soldiers and airmen and pretty much all, all the, you know, troops of color that were over there. So it's good to um, it's good to see that, you know, that that tradition has continued over the years because, you know, I've heard it from the guys um, before and you know you're probably the f- not not the first but um there's a few other ladies i know that that have mentioned it but you know that's always good to hear you know because you hear so many negative stories all the time so it's good to be like yo over in germany they they giving it up to us you know so that's right. um, that's <laughs> nice i like that um so um this is this last question i'll ask you about where we'll talk about the military on um uh, w- what can the military do for, you know, um, uh, a young 20-something-year-old who is still trying to figure out, you know, what they want to do with their life? I know there is definitely a negative narrative when it comes to the armed forces in general. There's a lot of things they have to focus. There, there's a, still a lot of things they have to fix, you know, especially when it comes to, you know, the sexual assault and when it comes to the women. Um, you know, we, you and I have talked about that offline. Um, but for somebody who's looking to maybe not go the college route um uh and you know i I can talk about it i can sit here and say it um but in your opinion and i'd like to hear yours what are some of the things that the military in general can provide for you if you're trying to maybe take your life career you know family to the next level um, so I definitely think the military is a good starting point for anybody who wants to create a change in their life um, or is looking for, you know, some direction, some structure. Um, I definitely think I would suggest the military um, for sure for, you know, a 21 year old who may have been in my situation and is considering making the same decision, uh, whether reserve or active, I definitely think uh, talking to a career counselor would be beneficial because, you know, compared to a a recruiter, a counselor is going to help you try to figure out what's best for you personally, right? So what does that mean? Join the Air Force, join the Army, you know, help you establish, like, what are your end goals and what um, sector could help you get there sooner? Mm-hmm. Um, versus compared to just, you know, trying to meet that quota to get that person in. Um, I would definitely say that for the people who are in the military and, and have joined young, the military can do a whole lot more as far as education, right? We have all these benefits for when we get out of the military. Um, and don't get me right. wrong, there are benefits for active duty soldiers and reserve soldiers that are um, actively in, but 
there are a lot of issues, you know, one would be, at least for the, the reservist soldiers, having access to these military sites, you know, not everybody has a military computer where they can access these sites that are specific to getting military related things done you know Especially not everybody has a cat card things like that absolutely right. yeah not everybody has a cat card not every, i mean sorry not a cat card but not everybody has a cat card reader or a laptop that mm -hmm. allows them to access these sites um i would also say education as far as finances right i'm still meeting soldiers today i've been in for you know eight almost nine years and i'm still meeting soldiers who have not put a dime into their tsp don't still don't understand the retirement plan and how that works um, and are just banking on, you know, doing their 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, maybe they get injured or something like that. Now they haven't saved anything towards retirement. Um, they're not knowledgeable in it. And I know that the military, at least the Army specifically, has taken steps to try to help educate soldiers. But I think that should be a part of basic training. Like, not only are you doing things mm -hmm. uh, physically, but you also need to educate. Like, there needs to be classes on finances, you know, I may date myself, but you know, how to balance a checkbook, <laughs> like, you mm -hmm. know, how to, how to do, you know, basic things um, that definitely will set you, the soldier and set them up um, success for their family, you right. know? Right. And, you know, I think a lot of these things you talk about, um, some of them, you know, it, it, there's, these aren't, you know, tasks that you have to do every day. So it's like, you know, you spend maybe a few days, you know, setting up your savings and your, whether it's investing, you know, what, whatever it is, um, CDs, um, you know, get that stuff set up, understand what you're doing and, you know, right. just let it build versus, you know, I'm going to get in, you know, I'm going to buy the, I'm going to buy the nice whip. You know, we seen, seen the airmen in, in the dorms with the Camaros and the Chargers. Oh, and, yeah. You know, me. There's like a joke, <laughs> a joke amongst the army. It's like the army starter kit. It's like a Camaro, the Nike, you know, you're Nike'd out, Gucci'd yeah. out. Um, you know, you know, iPhone. And, <laughs> and you know, and the crazy thing is, you know, for a lot of us, it, for for me, you know, it was my first taste of you know any kind of freedom. You know, I come from you know, uh, you know, a Jamaican family. You know, so when I lived in the states, I lived with my dad and my stepmom. So they're very, you know, I, island parents are, are are very conservative. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of people don't you know relate conservatism to other countries. But, yeah. you know, it was very, you know, home at a certain time. So, you know, just being able to leave base for me, it was, this was zero to 100, you know. So, like, <laughs> all this all this freedom. And, you know, again, the downtime, you know, having so much downtime. I'm like, I thought I was going to be marching every day, you know, 24-7 right. <laughs> salute. And I'm like, what am I supposed to do with my hands now? Right. <laughs> you know, so I think for a lot of us, it's, hey, you are now a uh, adult in the world's eyes. Here's your paycheck. Go have fun when you're not, you know, doing your job. And, you know, that, <laughs> you know, that could lead to a lot of different things. So I definitely think, you know, so, uh, a way to curtail, you know, certain type of behaviors and, you know, there's alcohol, there's the, you know, the partying and all of that stuff to turn up, you know, that, that, you know, that has a price tag too. So hopefully, you know, um, Maybe sergeants like you can continue to, uh, you know, educate um, young soldiers and, you know, show them the right way. Because, you know, towards the end of my Air Force career is when I started to take that stuff seriously. And, you know, I was like, hey, what if I had been taking, you know, investing seriously when I was in Iraq in 2009, you know, right. when Amazon and Netflix weren't worth, you know, anything, you know. Right. Um, <laughs> 
you know, and that's that's a whole nother episode where we can talk about, you know, the things that we missed out on. We we uh we never released it. We did an episode on um uh it was called like regrets and we're just Aww. talking about like all the like um like my co host we were talking about our uh, our vehicles and you know the the APR we're paying in the at the time in the military. You yeah. know, and the amount of money we wasted on insurance and you know cigarette you know like just all, right. all the negative stuff i was like geez man that, it, it starts to add up right. <laughs> you know so some of that behavior can definitely be curtailed and you know it would definitely do um <laughs> do a lot um sorry enough of, enough of talking about regrets and and all of that stuff we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna you pivot. might need to bring that episode so you might need another episode that sounds real personal yeah. <laughs> All right, so pivoting, uh, you know, we're gonna go, we're gonna we're gonna drop the sergeant for right now. We're just gonna talk about Camarita, businesswoman, right? Yeah. All right, so um, let's talk about it. Let's talk about you know we you and I and you know we met via uh, Clubhouse. We I still I, my memory is bad. Like, I don't remember the room, but it was you know um, entrepreneurs trying to you know meet, connect. You know what's the next thing? What do we do? You know, um, just trying to connect. Um, you know, and I think, you know, Clubhouse is dope, by the way. You know, it's a place for, you know, it was a place for an introvert like me to, uh, you know, say, hey, guys, this is what I'm doing. Uh, if you want to connect at some other point, you know, let's do it. And, you know, here we are. So um, shout out Clubhouse. Um, so with all that being said, um, Inner Beauty Network, um, talk to me about your network and um, how did it get started and uh, where are you now? Okay, so um, one, I'd like to say Inner Beauty Network encompasses several different um, businesses. Right, right. Um, so Inner Beauty Network does photography. You know, it's a, it's a social platform for people to, uh, you know, women entrepreneurs to connect. Um, it is still in the works. So mm -hmm. I'll go ahead and start. So one, I've always been a serial entrepreneur. Um, I've had many different businesses over several years. Mm -hmm. um, and so slowly but surely, I have found a way to kind of put all of my passions um, into my purpose, um, which is, you know, Inner Beauty Network at this point. And so um, I established Inner Beauty Network in early 2020 uh, when I got back from deployment. So I got back from deployment at the end of 2019, um, and the LLC was established in 2020. However, I had been doing things with the business prior to, um, yeah, so, <laughs> sorry. Okay. Um, yeah, and so to, to help you out, the, the second part of that question is, where is the business now? Okay, perfect. Yeah, so mm, sorry. I got you. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so right now, Interbeauty Network, um, we are not a six-figure company yet, but we are definitely working towards that. Right, uh, we right. provide graphic designing services, uh, photography services, uh, financial services as far as financial counseling and um, uh, credit repair. Um, we do affiliate with two different, two other businesses to um, extend those, you know, services to people. Absolutely. So okay. ultimately, um, I am working on an app. Uh, my ideal for interviewing network is definitely for it to be the next Google, right? I want you to be able to, I want a search engine, I want products, I want, um, you know, services mm -hmm. specific to um, catered specifically to women. Um, I definitely want it to be um, 
a, a household international name for sure. Okay. Yeah. And, and you, I, I like that because I realize, you know, there is, um, uh, you, there, there is, you know, Google, you know, and all these big search engines, right. But there's times where you need, um, specific things, um, direct, um, routers, um, you know, directly for your liking when it's like, you got to sift through Google, um, Absolutely. For your, for, you know, for your area location. And yeah. it's like, if it's not, you know, shut down, you know, they, they, it's just, it's just a broad stroke when you use Google. So I like something that is, you know, um, you know, targeted specifically, you know, towards a, uh, you know, a certain, whether it's a demographic, you know, region, uh, you know, whatever it is to really get that out to your customers. So I, I, um, look forward to seeing, um, inner beauty network and, you know, how that network grows. Um, you know, and hopefully we, we can get you back on the pod and, you know, you, maybe you're, uh, you know, you're building your network and, you know, uh, you're coming on to, you know, say, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for some new connections, you know, so maybe, (laughs) (laughs) maybe the pod can help you out with that at some point. All right. So, um, so, uh, where, where can we find you, um, when it comes to social media, what are your handles? Um, okay. So, um, interview network is on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, I would definitely suggest for your daily affirmations to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Facebook is definitely where you can, you know, book sessions, whether it be photo shoots or um, interview network is also on Fiverr. So that's where we do a lot of um, graphic designing and outsourcing for things like that. Um, so interview network on Facebook, interview network on Instagram and interview net on Twitter um, is where you can find us on social handlings. My name is Queen Camry on Instagram. So if you want to follow me personally, please do so. Um, you can also find all of the handles um, and all of the um, businesses that I run under my um, Instagram as well. All right. I like that. All right. So, um, so what's your network that you have going and you say you're a serial entrepreneur? Um, you know, what are some of the challenges that you face in the industry, um, you know, since you've been, um, you know, supporting yourself, you know, supporting your businesses and, you know, just the day to day, the day to day of, you know, um, what it takes to keep it, keep it afloat? Yeah. So uh, the, the main challenge that I personally have, I would say, is having the best understanding of what it means to multitask. Um, you know, a lot of people uh, speak of multitasking as, you know, this is how you grind. You gotta, you can't, you can't only have one stream of income. You gotta do A, B, C, D, E, F, G, you know what I mean? Like you have to be able to multitask. And for me, um, I have, you know, struggled with, I feel like that's, you know, the ideal of multitasking that society puts on it. However, Mm -hmm. multitasking is not, it, it should not be a negative thing. Right. So for me, um, the biggest challenge would be my having my own personal perspective of what it means to multitask. So for me, it's completing one task at a time and then moving on to the next. Um, and so, you know, in running different businesses, there's so many different aspects, um, that I have to take into consideration along with, you know, having a family and, you know, having friends and and really having that true work-life balance. Um, a a lot of things take priority in life, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? So it's not just your business, but it's also your family, your loved ones, your dogs, you know, and and just leisure time as well. So, um, I would definitely say that 
multitasking has been, uh, in quotations, multitasking has been a little bit of a challenge for me, but I definitely feel that I have a good grasp on it, um, you know, in the space that I'm at in my business right now. So, okay. All right. And, and, you know, speaking on those difficulties, has the, um, how has the pandemic affected that, you know, with, you know, this is open, that's not open. Uh, Texas is freezing, you know, things that are just completely out of your control. How does that now impact you trying to multitask and saying, all right, I'm going to dedicate these, this to this. And now it's like, well, you know, the, the fucking road is frozen. So I, I literally can't do anything. You know, what has that been like? Yeah. So for me, the pandemic has not completely been a wash. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So I actually quit my job last April. Um, I used to work um, for the federal government. I quit last April to do my job full time. I'm going to say job, but, um, you know, run my business full time. And so looking for the best of the best of the best. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So right now I am self-employed. Um, the pandemic has actually helped my business. It hasn't necessarily harmed my business. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to the pandemic, you know, I would do sessions where there were backdrops, um, you know, maybe run out of studio space. I never actually had a studio space of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, but the pandemic has actually helped my business. You know, families are more into uh, outdoor portraits now, you know, in the moment type photos versus right, the cookie right. cutter, pe- you know, picture people photos that people mm-hmm. used to take back in the day. So uh, the photography aspect of, um, you know, Queen C Photography and a beauty network, that hasn't gone down. Um, that has been pretty stagnant. Um, the only thing I would say personally for me is moving to Texas, you know, having to rebuild a clientele mm-hmm. uh, when you are a business owner, you know, that isn't specifically affected by a pandemic, but it's affected by location, right? You know, when I was at Fort Bragg, I was good to go. You know, I had a clientele, word of mouth. I was very social. Mm-hmm. Um, and then moving to a new state kind of changed that. So, and not only that, moving to a new state during a pandemic definitely affected that. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it really hasn't been that, that bad for me. COVID okay. has actually been a blessing in disguise a okay. little bit. Got you, got you. Yeah. I, um, uh, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, dope that you can, you know, take a global pandemic and, you know, uh, use that, you know, and, uh, uh, as an advantage, you know, because, you know, for some people, their job requires them to be inside and it's like, okay, well, if you can't do that, you know, what, what do I do? So it's, um, that's definitely good that you can use that to your advantage and, you know, quitting your job and, you know, starting your own, that, that takes guts, you know, and, you know, most people in pandemic would be like, well, nah, I'm not going nowhere now, you know, right. there's nothing <laughs> out there certain. So that definitely, definitely take guts. So, um, more power to you. Um, I, uh, you, I, de- I definitely you. commend you for that. You know, that's a, that's a power move. Um, that, that, that you know, that's just a gutsy ass move, you know, right. um, that's, uh, you know, that's, that's not something to, um, to kind of you know uh walk, walk over you know i right. uh, i was um i don't know uh this, this conversation kind of reminds me of uh, i was recently watching a justice league movie right and um i'm a huge you know uh comic book fan and after the third time the movie's four hours um so after like my third time watching it i'm saying to my wife i'm like yo Wonder Woman is pretty much the badass in this entire movie, but she kind of gets glossed over, and I don't know why. And, you know, my wife's watching it with me. She's like, 
holy shit. She's like, yeah, you're right. And, you know, and, you know, as we're talking, I'm like, you know, quitting your job, starting in you in a pandemic and all of that, that shit is, you know, again, yeah. you know, that's that more power <laughs> to you. So um, just want to make sure thank I highlight you, thank that. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, so um, with, with you, with you um, you know, um, doing your thing out there, um, m- juggling multiple businesses, what are some of the, the, the resources you use on a day-to-day basis that kind of help you, you know, um, keep your, you know, help that kind of help, you know, smooth things out, kind of help you, uh, um, operate. Okay. So I definitely, um, you know, use social media to, um, reach out to clientele and just kind of uh, keep my business out there and keep it flowing. Um, I also use Canva um, as decorating things. I use Adobe Suite. Um, so, you know, Photoshop, Lightroom, um, other graphic um, system, graphic design systems that are on Adobe Suite. Um, on a daily basis, I would say, um, I actually recently downloaded, um, a app. Let me see if I can remember the name off the top of my head, but essentially it's, um, it's a website to keep all of your email lit to keep your email list together. And so basically I would just create a post and then put it through, it's called Hootsuite. Um, but I would create my post and then, or, you know, do a promotion, send out a gift card, um, you know, coupon or whatever, and it sends it to everyone in my email list. Um, and so Hootsuite is definitely good for that. I definitely can see myself using this in the future. And also, um, you know, scheduling posts because creating content, we're in an era now where you, you really do need to create content to promote mm-hmm. your business. You don't necessarily need to pay for ads. I know for a while I was paying for ads. I'm like, okay, like I want my business out there. I'm just going to pay Facebook, pay Instagram to Mm -hmm. get my stuff out there. But now, you know, there's so many different ways around social media algorithms that really result in the fact that you need to post content consistently on a daily basis, you know? Okay. And so all of those things matter as far as like hashtags and, you know, color scheme and all these different and it things. takes time it's, it's time consuming <laughs> and you know that's absolutely a, when you're a you know one-man army in a sense you know you're the marketer you are the you know the content creator you know you know you you, you kind of have to consider what's going on you know in today's day you know what what are you posting you know uh, exactly you know there's so many things you got to consider now um so you know it's uh it's definitely a, a challenge and you know your um uh what's the what's the phrase um time um, time management uh, right definitely comes into play there because there's times we have definitely sat down and try to figure out you know how am i going to figure out this image for the next cover art and I'm like, yeah. you know, all right, make it make it make sense so somebody can look at it and be like, okay, I understand that, you know, right. <laughs> you know, and, and make sure sure you spell shit right, you know that too. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely make sure you spell things correctly. <laughs> yes, make sure you spell things correctly, and it's always dope when people point it out for you on social media. You know, yeah. I just say thank you, and you know, I just keep it moving. Um, um, lastly, I wanted to say another um, app that has been extremely helpful um, is called Buffer. And so that is the ske- scheduling app. So 
essentially, you know, instead of doing creating content every single day, I will pick a Saturday and create it for the week um, and then go ahead and schedule it out maybe, you know, two to three days. Um, that way, uh, that's not something that I specifically have to sit there and do right then and there. Um, I also used to do um, social media management and that's what I would use for my clients. Um, you know, it's just a way to make money. People want, people are too lazy to do, it, especially if you're an entrepreneur, you have other things that you need to take care of. Right. That's why people pay social media managers, right? To create content, to, to do the work for them. And so for all of you young entrepreneurs out there who really do want to create content, but probably can't afford, um, you know, a, a manager at this time, definitely you utilize Buffer. I would utilize Hootsuite so that you can, you know, schedule your content um, and, and be more consistent with it to build your, your brand and, and your clientele. Okay. All right. I like that. Those are some um, dope resources. I use Canva, which I'm still trying okay. to, you know, get the hang of. Um, you know, there's a, a learning curve for it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, all right. So, you, you know, you already kind of touched on it, um, but what are, uh, I'm sorry, uh, any advice for, you know, vets that are looking to start their own business? Um, so advice, I'm going to give some advice that I'm currently in the process of taking, there are so many benefits out there for melanated veterans, um, you know, ethnic veterans, for women as veterans, for uh, disabled veterans, you know, so many different um, initiatives that help support small businesses financially. Mm -hmm. um, and I would just tell people to, you know, call the small business bureau, find your counselor, get someone who can really and truly help you with your business, you know, call the expert. We, you know, I think a lot of people in the military were so used to either having to do it ourselves, figure it out ourselves. And a lot of us take that, you know, um, approach to our personal business. Um, unfortunately, if we educate ourselves and, and we educate, um, you know, the people coming after us, we can let them know like, hey, they're actual specialists who, you know, this is their one job is mm -hmm. to help people like you and like me who want to start a brand or who want to grow their business. You know what I mean? Like reach out to the experts. Other people do it. You know what I mean? It's just, you know, being able to, to knock your pride down a little bit because as veterans and as soldiers, we definitely have that, you know, approach like we're going to get it done no matter what. We'll figure it out. Mm -hmm. We can do it on our own. Um, and there's just so many resources out there. So the best advice I can give would definitely be to utilize the resources that are out there for us. Um, it'll make your life a whole lot easier. Um, and it, it just doesn't make sense not to. Absol this, absolutely. Right. Um, yeah. And then the second piece of advice that I would give would be that if, you know, they haven't even got to the point where they have a business and they're looking for, um, you know, resources as far as like how to file their LLC or, you know, S Corp, whatever. Um, people who are in the very, very beginning stage trying to figure out, I, I want to do something. I don't know what I want to do. Um, the best piece of advice I could say is find somebody that is doing what you think you may want to do and have a conversation with them. You know, step out of your comfort zone, talk to them um, and figure out like, what does their day-to-day -day look like? What does what their workload look like? Um, how do they get to where they are? And what is it going to take for you to get there? And really truly decide, like, if that's something that you want, then do it. You know, nothing is stopping you. Mm -hmm. um, you can't fail if you never try. So definitely just once your mind is made up, go for it and do what needs to be done to um, get your business going. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, 
you know, Clubhouse and some of these, uh, I know, know there are a few of them out there like it, um, but some of these more social apps really help, um, you know, break that barrier and help facilitate, you know, these conversations, you know, and for the vets that are introverts, you know, to get, you know, introverted, you know, help from people who understand, you know, hey, I get it. You're not really the talkative type. Tell me about your business and let me, you know, take it from there and, you know, and and run with it. Or, hey, you're you're already, you know, making money from your business. Let me help you, you know, grow that, you know, or, hey, right. you're super successful. Let me in, in, introduce you to some investors. You know, I, right. I, I think um, these social apps, apps, <clears throat> sorry, throat's kind of dry. <clears throat> you know, some of these social apps really facilitate um, these conversations. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, you know the growth and I'm, I'm, I really want to see, you know, my fellow veterans and, you know, our respective businesses, you know, kind of continue to grow and, you know, what they look like, you know, in, you know, five years, 10 years, you know, right. Um, that'd be really interesting to see, um, see what happens with that. So, um, speaking of, um, timeline, um, the inner beauty network, um, where do you see it? see it in the next you know three to five years or, or somewhere around that time frame um uh, uh talk about that all right so um in the next three to five years i'm gonna go ahead and speak this into existence hey. um interview network is going to be a multi-million dollar company um and we are going to provide many different services, um, women-based services. So, you know, Interview Network will cater to women. Um, Long-term, I definitely plan to expand um, to, you know, anybody. So um, anybody who's really trying to, you know, live in their purpose, get their life together, uh, be their most authentic self, um, really showcase their inner beauty or their purpose, um, you know, they can use Inner Beauty Network as a resource to, get them to where they want to be. Um, and so I'm going to say it's a multi-million dollar company. We're going to have products, we're going to have apps. You know, you may even find physical locations where you can go see therapists or get a haircut or, you know, whatever whatever your need is, uh, Inner Beauty Network will be able to provide that. So I'm excited about it. All right. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm, you know, put that on the timeline. Yeah. And we're going to check in. All right. So, um <laughs> That's about, you know, all the questions I have for you. Um, I um, I don't feel like I left anything out. Um, is there anything else you wanted to touch on or talk about, um, you know, when it comes to the, the, the business slash military lifestyle? Um, so I just want to touch on the fact that, you know, the military shouldn't stop your personal goals. Um, and so, you know, I know as a reservist, I definitely feel like I'm living the life, right? I get to, mm -hmm. you know, serve my country one week in a month, two weeks a year, and then on deployments, but also be my most authentic self where I can have my nails done and my hair, whatever color I want. And, you know, just very be, just be very creative um, because I am a creative. And so I, I love that I can do both, but for those soldiers and sailors who are active duty, um, don't let it stop whatever you have going on, right? The, mil the military is a job. It is a career, but it is a job. Um, you can have more than one job. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like with the right permission, um, the right permissions, you can definitely 
still do what could fulfill you personally while also serving your country and doing your your duty to your country. And so I would just, you know, I just want to really harp on the fact that a lot of people feel like the military, you know, their chain of command isn't going to help them with their courses or, you know, they're going to have issues um, with financing or, or the timetable they're not able to, to put into their own personal business. But um, where there's a will, there's a way. And it's all about your mindset and, and your really your goals. Um, so I would definitely suggest um, that people just go for it, you know, and, and don't let the military stop anything. Absolutely. I, I like that, you know, uh, definitely because it's uh, it's so easy to lose sight of, you know, the original goals you set for yourself, right? Like you Absolutely. Like you mentioned before, you know, you had your plan and then you're like, damn, I'm going to Germany. And, right. you know, you know, all that good treatment in Germany can, you know, you know, it can persuade you to, to do something else or to, to get Absolutely. off track, you know, yep. so, so, so being focused and not losing your losing, you know, sight once you actually get on active duty, because, you know, it, it, it's, it's or, or, you know, wherever you go to, it's really easy to just kind of, you know, say, all right, you know, I'm, I'm good. I'm Gucci now. Yeah, like it's um definitely um shit that happened to me. My my main focus was education for joining, you uh -huh. know, and that turned into a whole bunch of stuff, you know, a bunch of shenanigans, <laughs> you know. Uh, and yeah. then here I am doing doing school once I was out, which you know uh, that that was that was fun, but again, you know, the distractions they're there, so um, right. uh, definitely um definitely those uh I, I like that um uh well um i believe that's it um uh well thank you so much for having me <laughs> absolutely um and look we be right on on an hour you know i appreciate you you know getting uh, getting out of traffic you know hopping on a pod hopping on uh, the vet joint helping us uh hashtag grow the pod um i look forward to you know your audience lis listening in and you know getting to hear a little bit more about you and you know your who what where when why um you know so this has been um a dope uh episode uh please uh continue to listen in to the vet joint podcast and this has been another episode peace bye Tactical nuke incoming! Sleep so angry. Got all of these girls calling you, baby. Why you always put the blame on me? Like, I'm the reason that we ended in catastrophe. Well, what about what you put me through? All the crying over you. I, I, I run away because I'm a track star. I'm sitting fast and turn up so far. Away. I cannot let leave, and it's so hard. But I know that it is way better than a slave.